a listener production. Hi, and welcome to Broadsheet Melbourne Around Town. I'm Broadsheet's editorial director, Katja Vakdal, and the host of this guide to Melbourne. Those who have followed Broadsheet for some time or you've been diners around town for many years may remember that in 2016, a 22-year-old chef opened one of the most talked-about restaurants of the year. Atlas Dining in South Yarra had a pretty radical premise. It changes its menu every four months to reflect a different cuisine. Its owner and chef, Charlie Carrington, has taken Melburnians on a journey through Israel, Brazil, the American South and many other destinations. But his latest project focuses on just one regional specialty, the Cubano sandwich. And Charlie joins us today in the studio. Welcome, Charlie. Thanks very much for having me. Can you just walk people through the idea of Atlas Dining? Because it, I think it kind of goes into the new project you're working on. Yeah, for sure. So Atlas, obviously, um, we started, I did like this massive trip around the world and I just like worked in all these different countries and I just loved every minute of it. So I was like, how do I just continue doing this? So I always knew I wanted to open a restaurant and... Probably like five, six months before the restaurant opened, the concept sort of came to me like, what if we actually just pick a country and just cook that cuisine? Bit of a, you know, random idea. And I was like, okay, you know, but let's go with this. And um, yeah, you know, since we started to now, we've done 20 different cuisines. Um, we change our menu each season, so every three months. Obviously, COVID threw a bit of a spatter um, in the works with like our consistency. Yeah, like, you know, it's just all about like, yeah, pick a country, make something that's like, you know, it's obviously not authentic. Like we want to just like, highlight things that we'd like love or flavors you know so inspired by big time yeah yeah that was probably the initial thing that like some people probably couldn't wrap their head around they thought like we we're trying to be like really authentic you know yeah. and like you get questions like oh so does the chef change each time and like all this sort of stuff which yeah. is like fair enough very much inspired by and like you know it keeps it fun for us and like you know melbourne's a very multicultural place so like mm. all the cuisines that we do Bar probably Cuban. There wasn't. There's actually not many Cubans in Melbourne, to my understanding. Mm. But all the others, like you get, like the you know, say we did Sri Lanka. This massive Sri Lankan population that came in, and they just love to see that we we're like doing the food that they know and love, just in mm. a completely unique way to what they're so used to. And also, you came from a bit of a fine dining background, so it's not like you kind of erupted out of school and thought I'm going to open a restaurant. You actually had started cooking at Stokehouse, I believe, when yeah. you were. Like literally the day I could get a job, it was like yeah. 14, nine months, I worked at Stokehouse. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I didn't finish school. So I did like Stokehouse, did my apprenticeship at Butermond. So yeah, some pretty amazing places. And I think that like, you know, by when you don't finish school, obviously that gives you like a big head start in your, you know, career to, you know, get qualifications. I did like a TAFE apprenticeship sort of thing. Um, worked at, you know, amazing places, traveled around and worked again at amazing places. You emailed Gordon Ramsay's. Yeah. Like a London restaurant, one that Gordon Ramsay uh, was running and said, can I come and work for you? I mean, that was, was yeah. that your first international cooking or chef yeah. experience? Yeah. So um, so basically like when I was working at Stokehouse, I like, you know, had this idea. I'd love to like, you know, go and see something crazy around the world. So I emailed them and said like, I'd love to spend a month with you guys. I'll just like come in, do whatever you want. And um, they were like, okay. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know when you send an email like enter to win you know, one of a million people to yeah. enter. That's how it felt. I was like, shit, I've got like, I can't believe they've just been like, great, come. I have to get on a plane now. Yeah, it was just awesome. And yeah, like, you know, like what a what an experience. Like obviously I was like, you know, 16, standing in the corner, picking travel for 12, 15 hours straight, <laughs> like looking at the chopping board, like this sort of like ridiculously focused. Yeah. 
but that's it. Like it was, and that didn't obviously turn you off. That made that made you more excited having that yeah. experience. And there was the who was the sous chef at the time, a chef called Matt Abe. He's an amazing chef, and he's now the executive chef of that restaurant. You know, Aussie guy, three Michelin stars. Like probably doesn't get much better than that. Wow. Um, he had worked at Budamon previously, so he's like, when you get back, you should go and work there. And that's why, that's why, like I came back, I like quit my stokehouse straight away, and I was like, I want to work here. Part of the benefits of running a restaurant that changes cuisine every three months, your overseas research trips, yeah, which I guess someone's got to do it. Someone's got to go to these different countries and explore the cuisines. Where did you go? Let's talk about some of the places you went last year because that ends up leading you to this latest project yep. focused on a sandwich you discovered in Miami. But what were some of the countries you visited last year? So I went to Sri Lanka last year. I went to Colombia, US, Mexico and Cuba. I think there was a bit of Asia in there as well, somewhere. I've kind of and on two of those trips, so on the trip to Colombia, and then maybe you were in Miami specifically to visit Miami, you discover yeah, this so sandwich that, and begin your love affair. Yeah, I went to Colombia, um, had about two and a half weeks there. We went to Texas on the way, and then on the way back, we flew via Miami. So we're like, well, we might as well extend our trip a bit and just say, you know, let's have a few days here. Miami's a pretty like wild place, as you can imagine. It's like really like, you know, it's like I say it's like the Gold Coast, like times a hundred. Like it's just so massive, and like you know, you know how everything in America is just big. Yeah. So it was pretty cool to see, and like you know, it was an incredible weather. Like we just had so much fun, and like you know, all the restaurants. Like there's some pretty cool stuff happening. Yeah, really like and really iconic place. Like the kind of the kind of restaurants that people around the entire country in America know and associate yeah. with that Miami South Beach well, experience. My, it's funny, like everyone there is sort of on holiday. But then at the same time, like the places are like, yeah, really like just super high quality and like they're catering to like, it's a great, it's great to cater to that sort of guest. You know what I mean? It's like someone who's just mm. coming like, you know, when you're on holiday, everyone's a bit like relaxed or whatever. And yeah. it has an incredibly rich Cuban scene, of course. There's a yes. lot of the Cuban diaspora who left Cuba and settled in Miami. So you found yourself in Little Havana. Yes, exactly right. So um, touch on that, like the Cuban thing, like having been to Cuba, like it's a really... It's a fascinating place. Like it was really like worth visiting and I loved every minute of it. It's a tough place to travel. ATM doesn't work. Cards don't work. Phone doesn't work. Like, you know, I don't like to be disconnected. I was like, whoa. So Little Havana, of course, is in Miami and it's a Cuban stronghold. Was this the first time you had one of these Cubano sandwiches? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So basically like we're just like, oh, let's go check out this area. It's like it would be like the equivalent of like a Chinatown in Melbourne, but just like at a much larger scale. It's really you know, like there's so many little restaurants, bars, cafes, um, cigar shops even, like there's people rolling cigars, which I thought was pretty cool. Mm. But basically I went and explored um, Little Havana, went to heaps of different places and I just loved it. I just thought like this is amazing and obviously Melbourne's got insane sandwich culture and I think that like it was great to be like, well, how do we bring something that's a bit different? And you know when you go somewhere and you're like, you try something, you go, that is like, wow, that's how I felt. Mm. Yeah, as opposed to like, there's, I think there's a lot of, epic sandwich joints in Melbourne, but like I just wanted to do something that I felt was like quite different. Yeah, we are spoiled for choice oh, yeah. in terms of toasties and sandwiches and bagels and bun me. It's a saturated market. Yeah. I'm happy about that. It yeah. means there's lots of choice. But yeah, to bring a different kind of style of sandwich, great. And also in the southeast, you know, I feel yeah. like sometimes we're a little bit starved of all the new openings when we're in the southeast. Yeah. The north gets a lot of them a lot of the new guys. Describe this sandwich for us. For someone who doesn't know what it is, like the building blocks of this sandwich. Yeah. It starts with like the Cuban bread. So I'd almost say like Cuban bread's like a, 
it's just like a, a bun, almost like you say, like a hot dog sort of bun, like style. Like not probably not as sweet. Like it's very plain bread, like you know, very minor ingredients. And it's just like you basically want them to be quite soft. And then what we do is we'll actually keep them in the fridge overnight when we get them in. So you want to like have one, they want to be one day old essentially as well. Is that your version or is that the, the This version? is like my version, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, like this how like, you know, we've played around with this a lot to get it to where it is. Mm. So obviously like any chef, like the idea of staling bread is always a bit weird. You know, you don't usually do that, but it really does help. Like, because when you press it, you want, basically you want to have a bit of softness, but the outside should be like crisp. So you've got two types of meats. So um, like the traditional Cubanos made with pork. We get a pickled pork um, that we basically just boil and make a beautiful ham out of, like cool it down, and then we slice it um, quite thinly. And then we've got a pork neck that we brine for about 24 to 48 hours, slow cook it um, for about six-ish hours, and then once again cool it down and slice it. With the cheese, just like a Swiss cheese or like a sandwich-style cheese, really the cheese is like there. It's I feel like it's not the star of the show. Mm. Um, and then you've just got some great mustard. So we like get our mustard, we mix it with some like pickle juice as well. So like it adds that extra flavor. And then we have some pickles also. We do marinate the pork. We marinate it in like a mojo verde. So it's like mint, coriander, white pepper, garlic, orange juice. Like it's really quite powerful. You tried a lot of these when yeah. you were in Miami. How many do you think you tried? Probably 15. 15. Yeah. And and did you find one there that was the one? Yes and no. Like there's each joint does them differently. Like what I think what I think the the best ones have been is like they're probably places that like elevate it a little bit. Like is it when you have them, they can sometimes be like almost like pulled pork. Mm. And like when you do it like a pulled pork style, so it's quite wet, the bread just gets like really soaked. And then basically you bite into it and it's like just not that nice to eat. Where I feel like if you like basically, like you know, you slice all the meats properly, and like you know, you like cook them properly, slow, like cool them down correctly, all that stuff. It makes a huge difference. So yours isn't; it's not a pulled pork that you're no. getting in your version. And I'm sure that if you're in Miami, where there is a lot of options, there are people who probably love the version like the one you're making, yeah. but also people who crave the wet one, the one yeah. that is a bit sloppy. And, and I tried like yeah. yeah, like a food truck style one that was just like a real workers style lunch, and it was like it was very nice, but like. To me, it was like a bit more like, you know, because they are brushed with lard at the end as well. To me, it was like a bit greasy. We've tried to keep them like, you know, like if you eat a sandwich, like it's like you sort of want to be able to have something that you can have regularly. Mm. So like, you know, we'll, we'll like use like say leaner cuts, for example, or things like that. And basically like, you know, render all the fat out and, you know, so it's just not like, not something that's like, oh my God, this is like. Not your, food coma styles. Out of, after this, yeah. So this place that you've opened is called Little Havana. And it's, a, it's got a really limited menu. So you've got the Cubano, but you've also got a few other sandwiches. Do you want yeah. to just walk us quickly yeah, through so those like other a, items? We do a roast beef one, which is like two cuts of beef, the mojo rojo, which is like a beautiful capsicum sauce. We actually put like a bit of tomb through it, so like that amazing like Lebanese garlic sauce, but it really like elevates it. Mm. Um, then I've got, uh, there's like a chicken and mayonnaise version, which is delicious, very simple. Like, These are all toasted? Yeah, all toasted. Like the chicken mayo one is like, to be honest, it's like, you know, my mum used to probably make these like little chicken sandwiches mm. and I just love them. So yeah. I'm like, oh, let's just Can't go past a chicken sandwich. Call it Cuban. <laughs> and then we've got um, a mushroom version as well. The mushroom one is like mushroom and smoked capsicum cooked down together with some spinach. That one's very nice, vegetarian version. We've got three salads and then we've got a couple of sides. So we've got these like little like tapioca chips. They're almost like a polenta chip. Mm. They're amazing. I think they're probably one of the best things that we have, like very unique. One of the things I wanted to ask is when you were 22, we interviewed you six months after 
Atlas had opened uh, for a series we do called After Service. And you talked a little bit about your story and about the fact that you loved you loved the energy of the kitchen and just how intense it was. And when you went to London and worked in the Gordon Ramsay restaurant, like it was, it was a really intense experience. So it's a few years have passed now. You've had obviously the COVID years. You've got three businesses now. Do you still have that same love and passion? Has it changed a bit? Do you think that things in hospital have changed a bit to allow that yeah, maybe uh, some some time out? And and you always said that you had quite a good work-life balance. I remember yeah. this interview occurred in the Botanic Gardens yeah. and you were about we, to go for a run. Correct. That's yes. right. And there's a photo of me hanging off a tree. Yes, there is. Yeah. <laughs> Which I shouldn't be telling people <laughs> that because it's very embarrassing. Yeah. Like obviously, look, when you – Hospitality in general after COVID, I would agree. Everyone would say it's probably gotten a bit harder, but I think that's like, you know, all the economic cost of living, all that stuff. So, mm. like, there's no denying that. But then, like, it's like anything. It's like a bit cyclical, like, you know what I mean? So, say it's at the moment, everyone's a little bit slower. Come good weather, you know, I don't know, interest rates go down, whatever. People will be back out, like, again, and it's all back to normal. So, like, it is just like, you know, everyone has these, like, ebbs and flows a bit. Mm. Um, obviously, the work-life balancing's probably gone a little bit out the window, but um, that's fine just because I think managing like people like across the business, we have about 35, including all the casuals. And it's like, you know, it's a lot of, you know, it's a lot of management in that and those mm. sorts of things. So that can definitely take your time away from the kitchen and just, you know, like, you know, for example, dealing with people or like hiring new people, onboarding, training, all those sorts of things. Mm. So that can be quite you know, is that where your time spent? Like, do you yeah. get to spend time in the kitchen anymore? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So I'll do like services, like never for pre- never for prep. For Little Havana, I've done all the prep myself. So, um, but I will slowly like now I've got a good system. I'll slowly start to like train someone and stuff. Mm. I just think it's interesting. Like as you go on, like you know, you start as like a young chef, like wanting to take on the world, and then like you slowly build and like you know, for example, like our meal kits, Atlas Weekly and Meat Run, which is like a another like a meat version of Atlas Weekly. You know, I never thought I'd be doing something like that. Mm. You know what I mean? But then obviously COVID comes along, that went nuts. So, you know, and it's still going very well. That's interesting that you've been able to keep that going. There's a lot of businesses, especially uh, delivery businesses, that went really well during COVID. And they they did continue past that period, but some have, you know, shut down now. Yeah. You know, Providor is one of them. But out, you're still getting orders for yeah. your kits. Definitely. Like, because I think, like, for us, so, like, you we're competing with like the supermarket. We're not really like, we're not competing with the restaurant. So right. I think that's like a quite a big like thing to, you know what I mean? Say like a lot of the other meal kit companies, like they were around before COVID mm. and they'll be around in 10 years. Like it just, you know, people love the service of a meal kit. Um, and I think it's like, it's an amazing service. Do you just order yours online or can you get yeah, them in? All yeah. online. Yeah. Yeah. So um, basically we do it all online. We cut off at like Tuesday midnight. Basically, we like pack them all um, later in the week and then they get delivered Saturday, Sunday, Monday. So what's happening over the next few months at Atlas? Where are we going next? So good question. Um, We're probably going to do Indonesia as our summer menu, which I'm pretty pumped about. We haven't done Asia for a while. Our last one was Singapore. Um, So that's going to start in early December. Currently doing Greece, which has just been, you know, really awesome. Like obviously one of the big learning curves, like, I don't know, like we always used to see it, but I think post-COVID it's more obvious is like, you know, you pick a country like Greece and there's like huge Greek population or like, you know, Greek heritage population mm. in Melbourne, like all Aussies, but they, you know, have like, you know, live their parents from there, whatever. And they just like get behind it, like, you, which is really cool for us. You know what I mean? Like people come in and just see like, great, they're doing something that's like, you know, celebrating Greece, for example, and they just love to see it and taste yeah. it and try it. So, yeah, I think in Indonesia should be very much like that. You know, plenty of um, 
plenty of uh, people Indonesian, you know, origin in Australia, mm. um, which I think is awesome. So we're going to do that. Are we going to see more little Havanas pop up around Melbourne? Yeah, I think so. Like, you know, we're seeing, seeing what happens. But um, yeah, I, th- I think definitely like, you know, like with, with this sort of concept, like it is, because the menu is very simple. Like it's, you know, you can replicate it. Mm. Um, we have locked in a few major events. I'm not allowed to say yet what they are, but you can probably guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, so we're going to do that, which will be great. Like, yeah, we just want to like just really grow that brand. Like, you know, I think there's a lot of, you know, interesting things that you can do. Like there's, you know, like we're only just getting started to be mm. honest. Yeah. yeah. Little Havana is at 99 High Street in Paran. It's open Monday till Sunday, as Charlie mentioned, seven days a week, 11 a.m. until 4 p.m. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you so much. That's it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, tell your friends and leave us a review. And to make sure you don't miss any episodes, subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening now. You can find new episodes in your feed every Monday, Wednesday and Friday morning. Listener.